Praise God, everybody. I call you blessed. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. That's what the psalmist said in Psalm 122, verse 1. He said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Now, you probably just got a phone call from me. Uh, we are uncertain whether uh, we're going live right now or whether this is just going to be something that we're capturing uh, and recording. We're having some issues and technical difficulties with our projectors here, and, well, we're not really certain of what it is. But we're going to go ahead and go forward. Uh, let me have a word of prayer with you. Father, I give you praise and honor and glory. You are an amazing God. We love you. You are, an, you are a good good father and lord we just ask for your anointing upon this evening for your presence here in this place and also in the homes of every single person tonight lord god that is watching this or may be watching it later on may your anointing open our ears to hear absolutely everything that you want us to hear would you open our minds to understand and comprehend would you open our hearts by your great Holy Spirit? Would you open our hearts to receive absolutely everything that you want us to receive tonight in the glorious name of Jesus? And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining with me through uh, live stream. Uh, I want to talk to you this evening. Uh, again, we are in shutdown mode, I guess you could call it, with the church being closed, but we are not stopping. Church has not, I better rephrase that, church has not closed. The building may not be able to be used right now because of coronavirus, but we are still moving forward with reaching out and touching people and, and, and helping people as much as we can and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I thank you. I thank you so much for joining with me tonight being a part of this service. May the Lord bless you in this service. <clears throat> now, I know that we are in a series, or sh I should say have been, in a series of preparing for the Lord's coming. And although I'm not going to break apart Revelation or Daniel or any of the end-time scriptures tonight, I, I believe with all my heart that that's still what I'm doing, is preparing God's people for the Lord's coming. I have some very special things that I want to talk to you about uh, about tonight. I sent out a phone call a little while ago saying that I had some important updates on coronavirus and also about the election. And so I just want to dive right into it and uh, let's go, shall we? Praise the Lord. Coronavirus, let's talk about that for a few minutes. Uh, I want you to know that it is a very real uh, sickness. It is a very real flu. It's not a hoax. It's in, in, in my opinion, and I speak from firsthand experience now, that it's nothing to be trifled with. Now, I'm not, I'm not I, listen, I'm not operating in fear. I'm not operating in worry. I'm not operating in panic. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to stay balanced and also having wisdom and prudence in the things that we can do and that we shouldn't do. And so I believe that this coronavirus is not something for us to play games with, nothing to be trifled with. I believe that you trifle with it, you play games with it a little bit. When you blow it off, it's just another flu season. It's just another flu season. I believe that it is not only a physical ailment that is hitting the lives of people, but I believe that it is a spiritual attack. It is a spiritual attack going on right now as well. Uh, it is deadly. It's stolen one from us in the death of Diane's mom. Uh, and, and Diane and I have personally gone through this flu. I never expected, with all of the precautions that we have taken to try to keep the church protected, I just never expected that I would, be, I would end up being the first person to have a positive coronavirus test here in this church. But it did happen. Now, I can't explain why. It just did. we got to go forward with it. To the best of my knowledge, though, no one has caught coronavirus from being here at the church. In other words, this has not become a breeding ground for COVID-19. The exposures have taken place at other places and at other gatherings. As I said to the best of my knowledge. And that's, that brings me to something that I really want to talk to you about tonight. Proverbs 
chapter 27, verse 23, says this. It says, know well the condition of your flocks and pay attention to your herds. That is very much a mandate scripture to pastors, those that are leading uh, a congregation. Know well the condition of your flocks. Well, that's very important to me. And in that, I'm called to the office of pastor and given the responsibility for this flock here at Resurrection Life Church. I want you to know that I take this very, very seriously. It's nothing to play with. I feel that God has called me as a pastor to lead, to feed, and to guard the people of God. Now, not, not all people, mind you, but those who have chosen this church as their church and have chosen me as their pastor, I have a responsibility to know well the condition of my flock and to pay attention to the herd, if you will. That's the, the um, metaphor that's used in Scripture. And so I'm going to do my very best. I'm going to do my utmost to lead you by the power of the Holy Spirit into the truth of the Word of God. In fact, I often pray, Lord, do, please don't let me err in the Word of God. Let me bring it correctly. And I'm going to do my best to not only lead you, but I'm going to do my best to feed you the Word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, truth upon truth, in such a way that, that you can get it. it, is, it, it you know, it's not over your head in some uh, professor type of, uh, uh, of attitude, but just down to earth, let's talk about the Word of God. So I'm going to lead, and I'm going to feed, but I'm going to do everything in my power to guard you and to protect you. And right now, obviously, we're facing a, a very serious issue with coronavirus. This is not fear. This is not panic. This is not worry. This is wisdom, and this is prudence, and it's me stepping up to the plate to do that which God has called me to do. I'd like to take you to a passage of Scripture in John chapter 21. Now, we're not going to throw any text references or anything up on the screen, so go ahead and turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 21 verse 15 through 17. <clears throat> now, I'm going to be reading out of the uh, New American Standard Bible, and, and here's what it, what it says. And it's one of the last words that uh, Jesus, uh, last conversations that Jesus had with Peter. In fact, it's the very last chapter of the book of St. John. And so here's what it says, starting with verse 15. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, I, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, <coughs> Excuse me, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Now that may, the word tend, uh, shepherd, and tend, that's the three things, can be given in different translations. One translation uses the word feed each time. But when I went and looked up those words, it talked about oversight, guardianship, taking care of, making sure that they are safe. Now listen, I obviously, I have no control over the things that you may come in contact with outside of this building. But I can make certain to the very best of my ability that the environment in this building is controlled and that it is safe. Because, you know what, there, there, I just... Throughout this entire thing, I never wanted any part of what we do here at Resurrection Life Church to bring reproach to the name of Jesus Christ or to bring reproach to his church. Amen? And so that is why we've taken all the steps that we have all the way back to, what, February or March? I can't remember the exact date when we first uh, went to just doing live stream. So, but currently we have about 11 people that are reported exposures and or positive COVID tests in our congregation. 
Now, let me help you with something. 11 is already 11 too many. To my, to my knowledge, though, none of these exposures have taken place within these four walls. And unfortunately and tragically, we have also experienced one fatality. And, and how many can agree with me that one fatality is far more than can ever be acceptable? It's one fatality too many. So in an attempt to know well the condition of my flock, as, we, as Proverbs 27, 23 says, I'm asking you to let me know if you have a positive coronavirus test. It's important that I have this information in order to know how to go forward, whether we're going to remain with live stream or come back uh, to a live service here. For example... And I'm just throwing out an example. If I was able to, as the pastor, looking to, to tend, feed, lead, guide, shepherd, watch over, pay close attention to the flock, then, and, I, and I'm able to see, well, it, it stopped at 11. There's not been another uh, report, not another person has tested positive. We've, we've contained this thing. We've controlled this thing. We can come back in November back to live services. However, however, if I am able to find out that other people in our congregation that call this their church and call me their pastor that come to this place have a positive coronavirus test and that trend seems to be growing, then it's going to be important that I possibly say, yeah, not only October, but maybe even November that we're going to be uh, in this particular condition of just doing live stream. But I need that information. Now, I want to I promise you as your pastor, that's confidential information. I won't be calling, well, so-and-so's got it, and so-and-so's got it. No, I'm not going to do that. It's for me to have information to tend, to shepherd, to feed, to lead, to guide, to guard, and as, as Proverbs 27, 23 said, to know well the condition of my flock. That's very, very important. And so I'm asking you to help me with that, uh, to um, let me know. Uh, we want to keep our church safe and as healthy as possible. But not only that, I'm, it's not just about keeping this place safe and healthy. It's about me also having an opportunity to stand in faith with you, to, to pray with you, to believe with you, to, to quote the scriptures over you, and to see you recover and come through this thing, never to see the affliction again. Now, listen, as your pastor, I want to exhort you, I want to encourage you to be cautious. Pause for a minute. Caution doesn't mean fear. Caution doesn't mean panic. Caution doesn't mean uh, uh, worry. Caution means wisdom. Caution means prudence. I want you to take this thing seriously. We have to use wisdom and prudence. If you're sick, you should do a couple of things. You should, number one, you should get tested. And I want to encourage you to do that. I believe that it is foolish, I'm, it's my opinion, I suppose, it's trifling with this thing, and it's foolish to be sick and then go, but I'm not going to get the test because I don't want anybody tracking me. Listen, when you go to do the test, you have the ability to mark right on the paper that you do not want to be tracked, okay? This is important. There is something to being able to know if you know that you have tested positive. You have a stronger uh, dedication to doing the right thing. Quarantine, take care of yourself, get healthy, help. Make sure no one else catches it from you. If you're, gonna, if you're sick and you don't go get tested and you don't know whether you're positive or negative, it's very possible that you can get a little willy-nilly with how you're walking through life. So I just want to encourage you as your pastor, go get tested. If you're sick and you get tested and you're negative and you're still sick, I'm going to encourage you, do your best to, to still kind of quarantine yourself a little bit and that being said, though, I, I want you to call me. I want you to let me know. I want to pray with you. I want to stand in faith with you. I want to see you get healed and get whole. I believe there's going to be great testimonies that's going to come from all of this. Uh, and it's important that you do call. 
The Bible gives us a mandate for that in James chapter 5, where it says this. If you want to turn there, you can. It's in James chapter 5. I'm going to read the same verse I've read for the last two services. And starting with verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He's to sing praises. Hallelujah. Here it is. Is anyone among you sick? Then he, that person who's sick, must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him. Now listen, I just want to encourage you in this. Give us a call. Let us know. We're going to be wise. I'm going to do everything that I can to lead, feed, and guard and know the condition of the flock of God that the Lord has given me responsibility over. We're going to be wise and prudent. We're going to act in faith, not in fear. Come on, somebody. We're going to act in faith, not in fear. We're going to pray and not panic. Can I get a witness from somebody out there? We're going to act in faith, not in fear. We're going to pray and not panic. And we are going to worship, not worry. Not worry. No, 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 no. We're a people of faith. So we will not let fear dictate our actions. You won't tuck away and hide because you're fearful. You will stand in faith on the word of God, on the report of the Lord. We're not going to panic. We're not going to run in confusion and be filled with chaos we're going to pray. Why? Because we know to whom we pray and we know in whom we confess, our confession of faith, our proclamation of faith. We're not going to allow worry to get us, fret to get us, despair to get us, to consume our thinking because we know how to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, somebody. We put our confidence in Jesus Christ. And we proclaim that we are more than overcomers, that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Now, right where you're at, whether you're in your car, whether you're sitting in your home, wherever you may be, and you're listening to this, I want you to say this with me, and I want you to say this out loud. Say it, here we go. Faith, not fear. Prayer, not panic. Worship, not worry. Now, I wish you'd give the Lord a praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I want to take this opportunity to pray, and I want you to join in with me. All you prayer warriors out there, get your hearts connected to me right now as we pray against the spirit of COVID, coronavirus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you tonight in connection with the assembly of believers, as we stand in faith, cursing the sickness in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray that healing would come to those that are sick, those that are down and out. And I pray, Father, that those that go see a doctor, that those doctors would be able to work with great accuracy and precision because of your great power in their lives, Lord Jesus. And also every medicine that any of us may take for this, that part of that medicine that man has created that has got negative side effects, we curse that in Jesus' name. But Lord, that part of the medicine that is a part of your derivative of your creation, may it work supernaturally in our bodies. We pray for churches all across the globe, all across the nation, in our state, in our county, in our city, who are battling this and fighting this, some who are not even able to do what we're doing tonight, Lord God, that this thing, the spirit of COVID or corona or whatever it's called, this thing of, of infirmity, Lord Jesus, we curse it in the name of Jesus, for you came and bled on a cross, died on a cross, your stripes by your stripes, we have been healed, we have already been healed in the name of Jesus. And I come to you tonight in concert with other believers to say, no more, no more in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that, that these 11 that have been a, a positive report, that, Lord God, they would be completely healed, completely whole. There would be no residual effects of this coronavirus in their bodies in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that there not be another in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that we can do all that we can to walk in wisdom, 
to walk in prudence, Lord God. We have made a confession of faith that we will have faith, not fear, that we will pray, not panic, and that we will worship and not worry. And I know, Lord God, that you will confirm it, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, for the intervention of God Almighty all over the place, but Lord, I zero my focus right now here at Resurrection Life Church, and I pray, Lord God, that there be a hedge built around the people of Resurrection Life Church that this thing cannot get in. I pray that there be a bloodline, Lord God, around the property of each and every person who calls this their home, calls me their pastor, and calls you their God, that, Lord God, this thing cannot enter into their lives. Lord, we will give you honor and glory. May your will be done in this time that we live. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Say amen and give the Lord a praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Oh, I felt the anointing of God right there. Praise the Lord. I want to take a few minutes now to talk about <clears throat> the election save our nation. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have 20 days. 20 days, folks. 20 days to save our nation. We're halfway through the 40 days to save our nation of prayer and fasting that we're doing. Here we are literally at the midpoint with 20 days before the election. 20 days to save our nation. And I believe that we have a responsibility, a great responsibility, a profound responsibility regarding the outcome of our future and of our nation. We know the candidates that are there. There's Donald Trump, Mike Pence, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. We have to look past the individual and recognize that you are not voting for a personality. I want to caution you, do not vote for the person you like best or like least, whatever the case may be. You have to understand the machine, the force that drives them, that is behind them, because that is ultimately what you are voting for, what I am voting for. And in the conclusion of it all, it's not about Trump and it's not about Biden. They're just personalities. They're just people. They are not the force of the party. That's what it's all about. It's about the party platform. The Republic, Republican Party platform and the Democrat Party platform. It's not about who you are voting for. It's about what you are voting for. And I know that I've said this in every service for the last three, I believe. But I'm going to keep doing it because when the rubber hits the road, what you and I need to do as believers in Jesus Christ, as disciples of Jesus Christ, as someone who calls themselves Christians, we must vote for the platform, the machine, the impetus, not the who, but the what that most closely resembles, if I may call it, the platform of God's holy word. We have a mandate to do so. To call yourself a Christian and to do anything other is to stand in opposition to God. I mean that with all of my heart, but I say it with all the love that I can muster. We are in a critical situation in our nation and across the globe right now. And I know that God's word is going to come. He, he always makes sure that his word is confirmed and that it does what he has purposed for it to do. So we know that he's coming soon. Repentance of a nation, the right vote, whatever it may be, is only going to delay the inevitable. Ultimately, the prophetic things that are going to happen in the end times are going to happen. We can't stop them. But maybe we can delay them for a short time. Come on, y'all. So what I want you to do is I want you to go to frcaction.org and download this document. Download this document that's called Party Platform Comparison 2020. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of ways that you do that. You go to the, uh, just type it in, frcaction.org. The page will show up. 
there will be a little tab that you can click, and it's called Voting Resources. When you click that tab, Voting Resources, a drop-down menu will show up, which will also give the words Party Platforms. You click Party Platforms, it's going to go to a new page, and on that page you can click a banner to get a copy of this comparison. Tonight I want to take an opportunity to just talk about a couple of the comparisons. How about sanctity of human life? That's what's written right here in the middle. Sanctity of human life. Let me read, uh, I'm not going to read all of this word for word, but I do want to read the Republican Party platform on this particular issue. And remember that you're voting for the platform. You are not voting for the person. I know that it's very much about the personality and everybody attacks the person, but it's all about the platform. The machine behind it. Let me read this as it relates to the sanctity of human life. And I'm going to read it word for word. Proud to be the party that protects human life and offers real solutions for women and strongly opposes infanticide. I think I've said that correctly. Infanticide. (laughs) It's about the killing of babies, including specific support for the born-alive abortion survivors. Are you hearing me? Protection Act, a human life constitutional amendment, a ban on abortion at 20 weeks. When unborn babies can feel pain, a ban on abortion based on sex or disability, a ban on dismemberment abortion in which unborn babies are literally torn apart limb from limb, abortion clinic safety regulations, a ban on human cloning and creating or experimenting with human embryos including three-parent embryos, a ban on any sale of body parts, and a ban on the use of public funds to perform or promote abortion to to fund organizations like Planned Parenthood. Now, let me just say, and I'm not going to read the the whole thing, on the Democrat platform side is absolutely the opposite. Over 60 million Human beings have been put to death just in America alone. This is one of the greatest sins of our nation, the sin of the the death of the innocents through abortion. Now listen, if you're out there and you're listening to me and you've had an abortion, please, God is, is, he loves you. He can help you heal through that. I'm not here to bring judgment. I'm just sharing with you the facts. I got another uh, document that was on my desk about one voice, one church, loving life. Every generation, here's what it says. Every generation has a defining moment. Ours is now. This election is a defining moment for our nation. A Joe Biden-Kamala Harris presidential administration which supports abortion will nominate one to three Supreme Court justices and Roe versus Wade will remain. A Joe Biden-Kamala Harris presidential administration which supports abortion will promote abortion at all costs, ensuring abortions are more available and more accessible. A Joe Biden, Kamala Kamala Harris presidential administration which supports abortion will guarantee for the next 25 years the continual death of innocent unborn children on demand. What can we do? We can vote. We can vote. I'm going to get back to it. Here's another one. Redefining marriage. I'm just going to read an excerpt from the Republican side, and I'll read the excerpt from the Democrat side. Here's the Republican platform. The American family is the foundation of civil society, and the cornerstone of the family is is natural marriage, the union of one man and one woman. In redefining marriage in terms of the platform, it says silent on marriage and family being the foundation of society. But we already know that they're doing their very best and have, for the most part, legalized same-sex marriage. Those of you who may be watching 
today watching this right now and, and you're in that lifestyle, I'm not here to judge you. We love you. But we also know what the Word of God has to say about the lifestyle that we're supposed to live. I want to go with one more. This is the third one here, and it literally says LGBT agenda, transgender bathrooms and women's sports in schools. Oh, my word. <laughs> I'm just blown away by the way that homosexuality, LGTP, LGBTQ, has become the loudest voice everywhere, okay? Um, do you know, you're, not gonna, you're gonna have a hard time believing this, but this is absolutely true, that there is now an Oreo cookie that is uh, an LGBTQ Oreo cookie with the multiple colors of cream on the inside. It's gonna be a short run just to kind of celebrate what was called coming out day, which by the way, in case you don't know, Sunday was coming out day. And I was, uh, I was appalled as I decided, oh, I'll take a chance on watching one football game because I'm really opposed to it right now. And I'm even more opposed to it right now when I saw the entire NFL standing up and, uh, and in support of LGBT and coming out day. It, was just, it just blew my mind. And as if that wasn't enough, I was shocked beyond, <laughs> I was just shocked out of my shoes that an Assembly of God church in Texas has left the denomination because they want to embrace, listen, fully embrace in every way the homosexual lifestyle. I'm not saying that I can understand it coming from another denomination because other denominations have done it, but for an Assembly of God denomination, for that to take place was appalling. It lets us know how far sin has run its course in this time that we live. Listen, this is becoming the norm of the day, and any who stand against it, like I am right now, are going to be uh, uh, labeled bigots, haters, and so forth. I understand that, but listen, look at me. We love you. We've been instructed to hate the sin and love the sinner. That's, a, that's sometimes a fine line, but we want to do our best as a church to love you even as Jesus Christ loved he said to the woman, the adulteress that was brought before him, he said, where are your accusers? And he, she said, I have none. He said, neither do I accuse you. In other words, no judgment. But he also said this, go and sin no more. What defines sin for us? Not your personal moral standard. What defines sin for us? Not the Supreme Court. What defines sin for us? Not the Republican or the Democrat party platform. What defines sin for us? The holy word of God. There it is right there. He who knows to do right and does not do it to him, it is sin. Crazy, the stuff that's going on. I want to review uh, another document with you as we kind of get ready to wrap this up tonight. Oh my goodness. This, is, this, this document is called, What If Trump Pence Lost to Biden-Harris? Now, because I don't just take any document, any website, I, I don't believe in that whole thing. It's on the internet, so it must be true. Okay, <laughs> that's not where I'm at. I fact check. I go back and I take a look at the author of the thing, what's the background of the author, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I wouldn't bring something to this pulpit as an internet document if I had not done a little bit of fact-checking, especially as it relates to the author. Let me tell you a little bit about the author. His name is Michael Brown. He's a Ph.D. from New York University. He is the president and professor of practical theology at Fire School of Ministry in Concord, North Carolina. He's also served as visiting professor of Old Testament at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in Deerfield, Illinois, and he is a visiting professor of Jewish apologetics at Fuller Theological Seminary School of World Mission, as well as other uh, seminaries. Uh, he is a product, no, no connection to what I just said about the Assembly of God uh, and, and that one church. Okay, that's what I was talking about was that one church that separated, but he was also a part of the Brownsville Revival and one of the leaders in, in, in uh, Pensacola in that revival movement that took place in the, in the 90s. 
So I, I believe there's some credence and credential there that says this is worth considering. But I thought it was an interesting uh, angle, if you will. What if Trump, Pence lost to Biden, Harris? So I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to do my best to stay on course with reading it to you. What if Joseph Biden became our nation's 46th president? What, it w- what would it look like for conservative Americans? A Biden-Harris victory would likely have many serious consequences for Christian conservatives. Things could get much darker very quickly. Will the legality of abortion go back to the states or become codified in federal law? Consider the pro-life movement. Decades of hard work and sacrifice and tears are making a difference as different states advance pro-life bills and the overturning of Roe versus Wade appears to be a real possibility. With the likely confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett, the next case challenging Roe could result in a major pushback. And then, if that happens, suddenly abortion laws could fall back into the, sta- into the hands of the states with massive potential gains in the sanctity of life. This, in fact, was a major reason many of us voted for Trump in 2016, hoping he would keep his pro-life promises and nominate worthy judges to the courts. He's done just that, and four more years of Trump could signal even more significant gains. But hear me, beloved. Yet all of that could be undone in a moment of time. Biden has announced that he would pass legislation making Roe the law of the land, while Harris is the most militant pro-abortion candidate in our history. Should the Democrats retake the Senate, such legislation could be passed, and just like that, decades of pro-life legal efforts would be obliterated. There's also the ominous possibility of packing the Supreme Court a possibility that, remarkably, neither Biden nor Harris will deny. This would have even larger implications, touching also on our most fundamental freedoms, our freedom of conscience, of speech, and of religion. Under Trump, Trump, excuse me, under Trump Pence, the uh, Department of Justice is protecting religious liberty, but not under Biden-Harris. During the COVID lockdown, we have seen the extreme inequities in certain democratic cities and states where abortion clinics and liquor stores remain open, providing so-called essential services, while churches and synagogues remain restricted. Yet outrageous rulings like these, they truly are outrageous, would have increasing court backing with a Biden-Harris victory. In California... You can protest on the streets in large numbers, but you can't hold a group Bible study in your home. You can shout at a Black Lives Matters rally, but you can't sing in a church service. In Nevada, you can operate a casino at 50% capacity, but if your church building seats 3,000 people, you can't have more than 50 people in attendance. Our Our freedoms really are under assault. And under Trump, the Department of Justice is pushing back. Under Biden-Harris, the pushback would be in the opposite direction against the churches, not for them. When Kamala Harris was the Attorney General of California, she joined with Planned Parenthood in prosecuting a gentleman by the name of David DeLeden, founder of the Pro-Life Center for Medical Progress. His work came to national attention when he posted undercover videos confirming that Planned Parenthood clinics were selling aborted baby parts for profit. I actually remember seeing that on the news. But rather than going after Planned Parenthood for its barbaric practices, Harris went after Deleton, authorizing a raid on his house in order to confiscate the video evidence. Does that give a hint of where Biden-Harris administration would go? We could expect to see schools losing funding over bathroom policy again. Oh, my word. (laughs) Can you believe this, folks? 
Under the Obama-Biden administration, a state that refused to allow a biological male to play on the girls' sports team or share their bathroom and locker room facilities would lose federal funding for its schools. There was so much resistance to this policy that in July 2016, Politico reported that half of all states are now battling the Obama administration over the culturally divisive issue of transgender students and whether they should be permitted to use the restrooms of their choice. The growing number of lawsuits makes it all but inevitable the transgender right issue will make its way to the Supreme Court. The Trump administration undid this onerous and discriminatory policy, rendering these lawsuits unnecessary. In stark contrast, candidate Biden tweeted earlier this year, let's be clear, transgender equality is the civil rights issue of our time. It's hard to believe, ain't it? Let me just finish with the last two sentences. Three or four, I guess. As nice as this sounds, it doesn't sound nice to me, it means trampling on the rights of millions of others, in particular students in our schools, and with a Democratic Congress and a packed Supreme Court, who will be there to stand up for our kids and for our grandkids? Who's it going to be? We're just going to sit in our churches, y'all? We're going to let our voices be heard? Thankfully, the election, as this is I'm reading again, thankfully, the election is still a few weeks out, and regardless of the outcome, Jesus is still Lord. It's just important that we realize that the stakes are very high. They're very high. Well, Pastor, I just can't believe you're, you're calling their names out and you're talking about it that straight up. You want me to be politically correct or you want me to be biblically correct? You want me to beat around the bush or you want me to cut right to the skinny of the truth? I, I think I know this flock well enough to know that, that what you want me to do is cut right to the skinny and speak the truth. I'm, I'm doing my best to equip you to walk in a manner worthy of God. I'm doing my best as your pastor to help you make the right decision. I didn't say the comfortable decision. I didn't say the popular decision. I said the right decision decision. Hear me, brothers and sisters. Hear me, beloved. You have to register to vote. You need to vote. You must let your voice be heard, and you must be counted as one who stands up for the word of truth. Don't tuck away and hide. Don't be a chameleon. We're instructed in Romans 12, 1, I believe it is, in verse 2, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to know, may be able to know what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. So I encourage you, go to that website, frcaction.org, download the party platform comparison chart, and on that same website, you can register to vote. You have a responsibility scripturally. Deuteronomy 1.13, choose wise and discerning, experienced men from your tribes, and I will appoint them as your leaders. And then also Proverbs 29.2, when the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, people groan. This is a serious moment in our history as a nation. This is a serious moment for our church. For years I've said I am not a political activist and I don't intend to ever be, but God put a mandate upon my life in this season that we are in to prepare people for his coming. Now, he's coming anyway. Whether, you know, if Biden-Harris get elected, heaven forbid, I think it only furthers and quickens all of the things that need to fall in place for the coming of the Lord. If President Trump gets reelected for another term, it simply gives us a reprieve of four years, a delay. But the, the prophetic words about the Lord's coming is inevitable. 
The Lord scripturally has delayed judgment a few times based upon the repentance of a nation. But has America repented? Maybe many of its churches have. But has the church as a whole truly repented? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and repent, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear their prayers and will I forgive their sins and I will heal their land. We can't let this time, this opportunity for us as a church to let our voices be heard, we cannot let it pass us. A few minutes ago, I spoke to you about coronavirus and then I prayed with you. Now I want to pray for our nation together right here in this, in this time. And I know this is different. I sat down in my desk wanting to write a Bible study about end times and, and, and other things, and, and the Lord would not let me get out of this vein right now. Maybe because that's what I'm supposed to do now that we're just live streaming, is to sit here at the holy desk and lean forward and look you in the eye and just be straight with you with loving honesty. Let's pray together right now. Father, in the name of of the Lord Jesus, I come to you and I ask you for our nation. I come to you for our nation. I, I guess I'm not even sure what to ask you for, but I do know this, that I can speak against the demonic forces that are standing in as an antichrist spirit. I can speak against the demonic churches that also have an antichrist spirit. I can speak against the demonic activities that are stealing innocent lives through abortion. I can speak against the demonic activities that are neutralizing any idea of moral absolutes. And sin is running its full course and I know, Lord God, that no matter how much I plead with you or we plead with you or the church pleads with you, that it is only a delay in coming judgment. But help us, Lord, to have more time to get ready and not only that, but to spread the gospel message of Jesus Christ so that others can be rescued as well. Lord, we know that really all of this is in your hands, your sovereign God. We know that the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord, and you can steer that heart just like you steer the rivers of waters. But Lord, we also know that we're at a critical time, a pivot point in history, where life as we have known it is no longer going to be life as it is, where the church as we have known it has a probability of no longer being what the church has been. And Lord, we know that so much hinges on the pivot point of this election. And I ask, Lord God, that every believer, every confessor of Jesus Christ would be so convicted in their spirit to vote down the line of the Word of God and not for a personality. May we be convicted to the very core of our beings to not place a vote because of the name of the person or the personality of the person, but may it be about what we know to be the truth of the Word of God to the best of our ability. And I know, Lord God, you will judge us. You will judge those of us who vote in such a way that it is against the Word of God because then we're party to the sin equal to the sin. But you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins if we come and confess before you and to truly repent. So Lord God, on behalf of Resurrection Life Church here in this place, for those who have chosen this church as their church, this pastor as their pastor, and you as their God, I repent on behalf of this church for any sins that it may have had in the past and any sins that it may be carrying forth right now. 
Help us, Lord God, to continue to walk in love and not in judgment, even though we know that those that we preach the Word of God to will see us as being judgmental. But may they see through that the love of Christ in our eyes. We ask for protection. I pray that the demons of civil unrest be stopped in the name of Jesus. I pray that the demons of of riot and chaos and mob rule be stopped in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that the movements against people groups, ethnic groups, stop in the name of Jesus. May we recognize that in you we are all one and that you see us, you do not see us as being different. And Lord, in both parties, both candidates, I ask for your hand upon them. May your hand of protection be with former Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris. Pray, Lord God, that somehow, some way, your providence would guide them and lead them. We also pray for our president and Vice President Pence and their families. May they have health as they struggle through coronavirus as well and as they struggle through trying to lead a nation of unrest. We ask for your grace to be with them. We pray for our nation. We pray in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over America. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I wanted to bring tonight to you in this fashion to give you more information, to be just straight up real with you, talk to you straight to your face, and just tell you, Uh, Not just the way I see it, but the way the Word of God is and what is truly out there, and to have you make the right decisions. We've got 20 days, y'all. 20 days. There's groups of people every single day for the next 20 days that are praying to save our nation. If you have not signed up for that or have not become a part of that already, I want to really exhort you and encourage you to become a part of the team of people that are praying to save our nation. To the best of my ability, I've contacted the prayer leader nearly every day that that I've been able to get that done uh, to let them know that I am praying with them during the day, them and their team. And let's just really connect ourselves together in this. Can I get a healthy amen? Amen. Amen. Listen, I pray that the Lord bless you, The Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you and his countenance go before you. May he be gracious unto you and may you find peace in all that you do. Keep your nose in the book, keep your knees bent to heaven, and keep your body in the house of God. Miss Diane and I love you and we call you blessed in Jesus' name.